Hello and welcome to Maine Education Matters with Matt and Matt. My name is Matt. And I'm Matt too. We are going to get back to like the old days here for a little bit, Matt. We're going to talk about a bill. We, we are, but before we do that, Matt, I got, I got to ask, how are you? It's been a while. It's been it a has... minute since we've, since we've talked and there's been a lot going on uh, in the world. And how are you? Doing all right, Matt. Doing all right. I'm stuck at home like all of our listeners and you and I, yes. and it's getting a little cabin feverish. Yeah, that's not a good movie, by the way. It's not uh, a cabin in the woods yet. No, that, if we get to cabin in the woods times, then uh, look out, folks, because it's getting real. You know the only way that cabin in the woods could have Swap been- Swap monsters? Could have been a better movie. How was that? Rona? Could have been Rona. Uh, I was thinking hashtag Borgnine. Borg, oh, Borgnine, of course. Yeah. Borgnine makes everything better. You know, if and considering it, he was, I think he was pretty much dead when that uh, movie happened. They could have just thrown mostly in. Mostly dead? <laughs> he's just mostly dead. I think they have <laughs> thrown in some spicy dill pickle chips. That would have happened. Hey. Those things revive even the, the darkest moments, the, the, the <laughs> deepest, darkest souls. A spicy dill pickle chip will elevate that, that being, that entity to ascend beyond cloud nine. I did buy some when I was out uh, grocery shopping last week. So it, Good for you. Yeah, I, uh, it improved my April vacation week tremendously. I'm, I'm shocked, I gotta be honest. Because, you know, you can't find Clorox wipes, you can't find toilet paper, you can't find, you know, bread and flour. Flour, can't find flour anywhere. You could find spicy dill pickle chips. I think, I figured those would be the first thing gone. You would think so, but I think that Deep River knows enough that they were following from the beginning. They made more in priorities, man. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think you're onto something here. What if the Deep River Potato Chip Company is responsible for all this just to boost their sales of spicy dill pickle chips? And if that's the case, why aren't we getting a taste? Good point. I thought it was the- Okay, um, conspiracy theory fans, start I, spinning that into the interwebs. I thought it was big liquor that uh, would, did this because I'm sure their, their sales have gone through the roof. Through the roof and onto the floor. <laughs> That's exactly what that happens. Uh, we do have a few things to talk about before we get to uh, this bill. We have a few things that have uh, come up that we just want our listeners to know about. Sure, I'm fine, by the way. Thanks. Let's move on. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice. The first thing is an article that you put on here about what it might look like to safely reopen schools. Yeah, um, this was a great little article that was put on. I was on uh, released from NPR on April twenty fourth, twenty twenty. So you can go and you can find that out there. And it's literally titled Nine Ways Schools Will Look Different When and If They Reopen." Uh, it was heard on All Things Considered uh, by Anya Kamenetes. I hope I'm saying that right. If I'm not, I apologize. Um, but you know, what are the things that schools are going to be doing? Stepping up high, high health and hygiene measures. Um, class sizes, fewer staggering class sizes. How are we going to handle things like kids and families not wanting to send their kids in? They might be perfectly healthy, but 
they might have an immunodeficiency and might be at risk. Someone in their families might have an immunodeficiency or be at risk. And so bringing that, sending that kid into the Petri dish that is a public or even private elementary school or high school or any school uh, is going to endanger that kid, possibly that family. So we still have to provide the education for them. How do we do that? What is it gonna look like? And so there's just some, some really interesting little ideas of for you curriculum leaders and assistant superintendents, superintendents and educational leaders and teachers, everyone out there who's listening to this, we're gonna have to do things differently. Let's look at what might be different. Uh, on that same note, there's another link that we uh, have here. It's called returntoschoolroadmap.org. And that does a lot of the same yeah. type of things that you were just talking about. It talks about uh, wellness and facilities and tech, um, school operations, pretty much everything that you need to think about uh, in all of these different actions that needs to be thought of before we get back to any type of uh, in-person learning. Yeah, return to schoolroadmap.org. Um, I really like this one personally, professionally, because it does lay out these seven different buckets of areas to people to think about and, and how to set up a committee, what the committee for this area might be looking at, who should be in charge of it, what are the focuses of it, and how do you maintain it? it they talk about things like, uh, what do you do first? What do you do like right now? What do you do before school opens in the fall? And then what do you do while school is operating? So it's a really very clear, systematic approach to a framework of how to deal with all this now and into the next fall. Absolutely. Uh, a couple of the things were just information uh, that we have found through various emails that have come to us. Uh, we have one here about uh, Main State Retirement. I found this one on some type of list from Tom Keller. Hi, Tom. Thank you, Tom. So it says uh, there's a provision in law that impacts the retirement income of lots of Maine educators. It's termed the windfall elimination provision. I once read that as waterfall elimination provision, and I didn't like it at all. Uh, no, because you, uh, we don't want no scrubs. No? No, that's good. I just couldn't think of the next line. Okay. A scrub. <laughs> Can't get, get no love from me, hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride, trying to holler at me. I'm not sure if I'm impressed or terrified. Just to be a favorite, don't go chasing waterfalls. Okay. Okay, good, because that was my second thing. This was going to be the waterfall elimination provision. And then I couldn't figure out why, because it says, if you've contributed to both Maine State Retirement, which educators in Maine have, and Social Security, which a lot of educators have now with previous like careers. Me. Me also, the WEP greatly reduces your benefits from Social Security. Hey. What? That's uh, not so, nice. So Maine is one of the few states where people, meaning teachers, who have, may have worked in the private sector and under Maine State Retirement are caught in this pickle. You might say a... Go for it. Spicy dill pickle. But is. a bill has been introduced into the Senate, meaning the U.S. Senate, to repeal this. And we will put a link into the show notes and I'm sure one of the mats here will be social media in this out. Yeah, we'll uh, have our crack team on it. I did read the bill, by the way. Uh, well, I did our usual. I started reading the bill and then I skipped to the summary because <laughs> it was uh, super long and super not friendly for like lay people. It was introduced- I, That's shocking. 
Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm surprised. That, our, that our, co- our Congress is super long and not friendly to the lay people. Yeah, I know. It's really weird. Uh, it was introduced <laughs> actually by uh, Senator Ted Cruz of Texas and uh, co-sponsored by somebody else. I'm not sure where. Another Republican from the southern part of the country. Uh, but this does affect a lot of us in Maine now, uh, like you and I. So I thought that was good information. So thank you, Tom, for uh, spreading that information. And now we've got it. Now it's famous because it's on the pod. Right. So at least 17 people are going to hear it. Yes. So that's 17 people more than we probably forgot. Um, The next and last thing came from uh, Hillary Reisler, our legislative analyst. I know. Uh, She says, as you know, the independent review of the state's early childhood special education service is ongoing despite the pandemic. For those of you interested in it, uh, you know, we are ignoring the pandemic. We are can continue with this review, period. And they're going to stop us. And if you are interested in following the progress of this, uh, there is a link on the OPLA website here, uh, which we will also uh, share out. You sure will. So stuff is happening, even though nothing is happening. Even though everything is closed. Stuff still happens. And like, like we've said before, and like we're, we're here all the time, schools aren't closed. The buildings are closed, but the learning continues. Aww. So just like the, the legislation has been closed, the legislating continues. <laughs> is that what right? it is? Is that what it is? I don't know. I don't know either. So but I'll go with coming it. Out, but... I will go with it. Uh, so let's talk about the, the thing we're here for. It's LD2167 which is now a law. So it is uh, SP 789. I'm not sure what SP means. Super productive. That can't be it. I I know if you put a T in there, it's Stone Temple Pilots. That's all I know. (laughs) That's true. This is an act to implement provisions necessary to the health, welfare, and safety of the citizens of Maine in response to the COVID-19 public health emergency. And it went into effect March 18th. So we're a little behind on this one. Uh, This happened, this was approved by the governor. Uh, This would be what, like two days after schools uh, closed to in-person learning somewhere in there. Yeah, it was really, really quick, but it was was a while back. But what's our favorite part of this other than, you know, a lot of good things in here, but starts out with some cool stuff. It starts off with 13 whereases. Already, there are thirteen of them. Already, it's amazing, right? It's really good. Um, thirteen. Yeah, of, it, it, it takes up almost two pages. Two pages of whereas is where, uh, whereas we are impressed. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, there's a lot of parts to this. Uh, in fact, this is a fifteen-page law. So clearly, uh, if you're a listener by now, you know that we skimmed this thing. Uh, no, I, it it goes all the way. I looked at like headings, and when it started saying like, okay, we're now at part A. All right, we're at part A, then part B. Okay, how many parts are there? Oh, yep. It goes down to part L. So there's twelve parts in about thirteen pages of of actual law here. Uh, so there's quite a bit going. But so we're gonna hit the high points. So for if the whereas were one. If the whereas were one part. That would be 13 parts. Yes. There are 13 whereases on yes. 13 pages. That is true. 
That's a lot of stuff. There's a lot going on here. There is a lot going on here with this. Uh, okay, so part A is like the one of the big ones, right, about uh, schools. So it talks about uh, – go ahead. You go. You got it. Okay. Um, well, it's, it comes in a bunch of parts, uh, if I'm reading this correctly. Don't we all. Um, so the first one talks about waiving compulsory attendance requirements and any rules regarding compulsory attendance, including minimum number of school days. And it allows the compulsory attendance requirements to be met through non-traditional learning systems, including but not limited to remote access. That's one part of part A. So, so, so in other words, attendance is still a thing. Yep. But it's not. It's not a thing. Yeah, I think but it's it a good. Is. I think it's a good bridge to it's really not. thinking about it again, because it says we don't have requirements anymore, or we have requirements, but you can do them other ways, including remote access. Ways. Yeah. So right. It, it so if you wanted waffles. to have your kids, if you wanted to have your kids do some like check-ins, you can do that and require that, or you could just say, you know what, go ahead and try to connect as best as you can with the word like regularly, mm -hmm. and that counts. It counts. Pretty I much like that. anything. I do too. In, in, in this unprecedented time, you need an unprecedented rules to be like, all right, just kind of figure it out. And then what we'll do is later on, once you've figured out the ways to do it, we'll come back and then set parameters. One of the things I like about all of this 15 page bill is there's nothing really radical in here. It is all just common sense stuff, trying to yeah. get through whatever this pandemic and however long it's going to last. So there is another part to part A. You might call it part A2. Yes, and that's to continue to provide nutrition services to students when schools are closed in response to the threat posed by COVID-19. So for all of you districts and schools out there and folks, yeah, it's our, still our responsibility to, to, to feed everybody. And we know that. We've seen these amazing stories of yep. districts across the state uh, that are doing wonderful things in keeping food uh, available and going to their schools, whether it's through a pickup program or delivery. Um, and there's lots of different options, but it's really heartwarming to see districts taking that, uh, taking that right on. Yeah. I think there's, there's been a lot of different ways that districts have done it. And I think, uh, they're trying to find the ones that are working for them. And I think, uh, all yeah. the districts are doing a fantastic job with that. And I'm really glad that this is in this bill actually because, um, one of the things that I, I got worried about early on was, well, if districts don't have to provide nutrition, will they? You know, I I would think I would, I would hope I'd hope they'd make the right choice and say, yeah, we're going to regardless. But if it's an option and we can save all that money, could we? And I, I I'm glad it's in there because then it says, nope, too. you will continue to provide nutrition services to students. When schools, and it doesn't just say students in need, it says to students. Yep, period. I, I do like that too. Take, take away that, that awful choice. Right. Uh, there's a part B to this one. Uh, we're going to skip this one because it talks something about benefits not being charged against employer. And it got really quick into like, like money. Yeah, well, it's also just stuff that doesn't really not much to do with education per se. I mean, there are, since public schools are employers, technically it does, but I mean, yeah. Since it's money, we're going to skip it. Right. Or we'll just feed you misinformation. 
basically read the damn bill. Which is what which is what we <laughs> So so our purpose here is to tell you to read the bill and we'll provide no information otherwise on brand. <laughs> totally. Uh, speaking of on brand part C, we're skipping that one too, because it talks about medical direction and practices boards, powers and duties. This really has nothing to do with us <laughs> at this point. So we're out. <laughs> we're just out. Right. We like talking about the ones that we know about that we can at least provide, you know, semi-knowledgeable misinformation as opposed to just straight misinformation. (laughs) Semi-knowledgeable misinformation. I am writing that. (laughs) Okay, good. Uh, The next one, we'll get to part D. And this one is something that is education related. It talks about the failure to pass the municipal budget. Uh, It talks about what happens if the votes are delayed due to COVID-19, which since we're six weeks later than when this happened, uh, this, we already have some votes delayed. Uh, The, like the main uh, primaries have now been moved from June to mid July at this point. So I know a lot of uh, municipal town meetings are are doing the same type of thing, pushing it after the June 30th date. Uh, It says uh, if the votes delayed due to COVID-19, the prior year's budget is deemed the budget for the ensuing year until a final budget is approved. And that's pretty common anyway, even so if a, I think district, so. if a district didn't pass their budget, had to go back to it, but then went beyond the July deadline uh, for starting the next fiscal year, they'll just go with the last year's budget anyway. So there's yep. really no change there. Agreed. Agreed. It's now just putting it into place and making that very explicit. Yes. Uh, the other part of Part D uh, that is relevant to us it uh, municipal officers may postpone the date of a scheduled secret ballot election but if the ballots are already printed you can use those already printed ballots even though the date's wrong on it even though the date's wrong that makes total sense i completely agree that makes complete total sense and i'm glad that that's in there so that municipalities don't have to then go and just chuck out a bunch of stuff just because the date's wrong when Everyone knows when you go and submit your ballot, when you're submitting it, there could be a timestamp printed on that. Yeah, makes, it makes perfect sense. Not a, why, why, waste, why waste all that paper? Why waste it? Um, so we go to part E and we talk about funding. Oh, uh-huh. now, now we're here. Funding. If due to a state of emergency declared by the governor due to the outbreak of COVID-19 and 30 days following the termination of that state of emergency, the level of state subsidy for the 2021 school year is not finalized. A school board may delay a school budget meeting after July 1st, 2020. Yeah, I've got to be honest. It took me a while to figure out what the sentence even means. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff in between these things where you just kind of have to jump around. Um, so why don't you tell me what you think it means, and I'll see if I agree, <laughs> which is my way of saying I don't know what it means. And I'm going to agree with you no matter what. So what I'm thinking is, is that, oh, let's see. So I think it's the same thing as what we just talked about before about the budget, that if, uh, if the budget isn't, if the meeting after July 1st now, you just continue the same budget as you had the previous year. And the little wrinkle to this one is about state subsidy. It's about the state subsidies. Which I know is not finalized as of yet, as of talking recording right now, but it's about to be as far as I know. But if they haven't done it uh, after, since after July 1st, you just continue operation of the unit. 
Right, and you can you're allowed to delay it. You're allowed to keep pushing it out, and uh, until until the district gets their numbers, gets their subsidies from if you wanted to. State. Yeah. Right. So just, what? Is, uh, let's go off of this bill for a second. Are, have you heard when those are coming out anytime soon to be like finalized? I think it's fairly soon, from what I hear. I hope it is. Um, but it would I certainly haven't. help. It would certainly help. I haven't heard that. I've also heard rumors of you know, uh, things that are happening next year, like cur curtailment again. So, yeah, there's, there's so many things swirling because we don't know how this is going to impact things like the summer and, and tourist numbers and other parts of the budget and other parts of the finance for the state. And there are talks about things are having to possible cuts coming later on and who knows. So I'm pretty sure, no I'm pretty sure I know exactly how the tourist season is going to go in Maine this year. It's not, How's that? it's not, nobody's coming. See, I wonder, because I'm thinking stuff like, let's just say some of the biggest tourists that come into Maine are from places like Connecticut, Massachusetts, New York, and New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And these folks are in hell right now and have been in hell for a long time. So it comes to a point where our state, our, our, our state has started to loosen up a lot of the restrictions because we're managing our, our, our numbers well. They can get out now. They see the state of Maine has lower numbers. They might want to jump up and get away, get out of get out of their home quarantine area and come to the beautiful state of Maine. I could totally see that being a possibility. I can, but at this time, aren't as a time of recording, isn't it? If you are coming from another state, you're supposed to self quarantine for 14 days. Sure, of course they are. How are they going to do that? How are they going to enforce that? Totally agree. Totally. I have no idea at this point. I have so, no idea. So then, we're, uh, so then like hospitals, or not hospitals, but hotels and campsites and the places they're going to say, if you're going to come to stay, you got to stay for two weeks. And when you come to stay, you have to stay in your room for two weeks. You can't just go in and enjoy beautiful main sites. If that begins to happen and yeah. the numbers go right back up, those places are getting shut down immediately. Hotels, oh, camp, hotels, campsites, all of those things will immediately be shut right down if that's the numbers true. start going right back up. And that, then that's you, very true. Then to get to the point where you can't leave, all all in the unknown, right? All Who knows? Who know? I'm sure they're talking about it, but uh, with the announcement what a couple of days ago about the different stages that Maine is going right. to go through uh, with uh, generalities uh, and all like s not specific timelines, but we'll see what happens, but this is our plan. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I know a lot of people are probably thinking, okay, well on May 1st, we can do this. And on June 1st, we can do this. And July 1st, we can do this. And it's like, no, those are just rough guidelines. We still have to like keep this thing set. I, I thought that this kind of virus was really understanding of dates and uh, political borders. I, I do think it's politically border based. And it's also uh, when the sun comes out, it's going to kill it. I'm sure. pretty sure that's exactly how it works. I'm, I'm you hoping know? you've been doing your daily dose of Lysol too. Oh, my, that's I have mainline right in okay. my neck. We'll should, put should a picture a disclaimer? out. <laughs> like, don't do that, please. <laughs> yeah, uh, don't do that. Just, okay, just don't do that. Just, We're just being don't sarcastic, folks. No, the only thing you want to mainline at this point is probably uh, liquor. Gin. 
let's move to part F. We're going to skip that one because that talks about registrations issued by a municipality, vehicles and trailers, and liquor licenses. Well, I guess so, that's important. Uh, for, for our looking at this, the E, part E was on, but F, off. <laughs> nice. Part G. Yeah. <laughs> You've been waiting all day for that, I'm sure. It is on a sticky note on my wall in front of me to say, remember to say this. Uh, part G talks about public proceedings to remote access. I know this happens quite a bit because these are town meetings and school board meetings. Yeah, it's really exciting to actually see all of these things happening now remotely. And it's one of those things we've talked in other, other, another pod about what we might see happening in the future and what we think could happen. And it's a really fantastic, easy, relatively way of people can connect. Yeah. We can get more voice, get more people into the system. Well, I remember going to a board meeting where they said they had more people watching, participating in that board meeting than they had, have had in years. Yeah, same. Because, same. because it's, it's, it's easily accessible from the home. Yep, yep. I like I liked the way it does it. The, the tech has worked out pretty nicely. Um, there really hasn't been any glitches as far as the school committee meetings that, that I have attended. Uh, for my district. Uh, it's gone pretty smoothly. People know the rules. Um, some of the things yeah. that, that you have to talk about are the giving the, the correct notice. Uh, each member of the body who's participating is able to hear and speak to all other members and all votes are taken by roll call uh, instead of just raising hands. So that's been like the only strange part for our school committee is remembering sure. to take a roll call every so vote. Have any? I'm wondering if any districts, especially if you're using a Zoom, a Google Meets, I'm not sure, but a Zoom, they have that reactions button on the bottom where you can put up a thumb emoji or a clapping emoji. Yep. Would that count as I, a vote? I would think if you can see it and it's recorded, if the meeting's recorded, then I would say yeah. I, I just I I wonder if that's a little wrinkle people could try out. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, I th I think that would be pretty cool actually. Uh, it's gone pretty well for our school committee so far. I don't know if you've attended a I have, town, yeah, town no, meeting I think, or something like that. I haven't, so. done a t I haven't done a town meeting or anything like that, but I've gone to, been to several other meetings that have happened across the, not only with, our, with our, my, my, where I work, where I live, and other just meetings across. And everyone's figuring it out and doing a really great job of getting accustomed to it. It was rocky at first. Um, a lot of people, especially those who were hosting the meetings, didn't really know how to host a meeting, didn't know all the controls. And that's where things like a lot of Zoom bombing and screen sharing and bad things started to happen. But now that people are having a better understanding of how to use the controls and the system has gotten better, um, mm -hmm. these, those, those problems that seem to be really reduced. Yeah, I would think so too. I would think so too. It's gone, it's gone very smoothly. Um, and we even figured out how to do executive sessions and things where people yeah. just go into other like portions of the meeting, uh, by themselves and it's worked out, it's worked out great. So I would assume that a lot of people are going to try to, um, continue this type of thing in the future when you can start having in-person stuff again. So is it where, so just to be, so if you're doing a zoom thing, you can send like the board to a breakout room. 
right? They have their, their conversation, their executive session conversation there. Yep. And everyone just hangs back in the regular room. So let me ask a question then, because sometimes a lot of these board meetings are recorded. Yep. Are the breakout sessions recorded or do you just pause the recording at that point? For Zoom, the breakout sessions are not recorded. It just records the main room. Uh, so for instance, I hosted one for our school committee uh, maybe a month ago, earlier this month, and they had an executive session. And then there's the rest of the people in the main room, mostly administrators at that time. And it was like, we were gone for like an hour or they were gone for an hour. So we're just like hanging out there talking. And I looked back at the recording and it was just us talking that same old thing. I'm like, okay, we should probably edit that part because it's just basically people sitting in a room right, do, doing nothing. Cars. But the breakout room is totally just gone away and private. And they even chat to themselves. If you use the chat function in the breakout rooms, it's just for them. And you can't contact them unless you're a host. So it went, uh, went pretty well. So let me ask this question because since, since you're a Zoom pro, um, if, you're in, if you're in a breakout room, let's just say I wasn't the host, but I was in a breakout room mm-hmm. as a board member, let's say. And I have the record function on the bottom and I press record Yep. and the host gives me permission. Does, it brought, does the breakout room record then? If you're in the breakout room? Yeah. I would, I'm going to guess yes, which is why you need to have a host that knows all the rules. Exactly. That's which the is, key. Which is, the, yeah, that is definitely a, a key on knowing all the rules and how it all works. That's um, why things went squirrely originally because a lot of the hosts didn't know the rules and how to use it all. And so that's one of the reasons yeah. why I'm asking this question is to say, these are things to think about. If you're going to be doing these public meetings, make sure that you don't have the permissions set so that anyone can share a screen or that anyone can record or that make sure you set those permissions so that you have your one host who controls all of that. One of the things that I would strongly suggest also is practicing ahead of time with a couple of people. Uh, like yes. I practiced with my superintendent and my school board chair uh, so on what breakout rooms look like and some of the functions and what they could do and what they couldn't do uh, just to get that out of the way. So you're not figuring it out in a public meeting. So they, don't, they don't wing it. Unfortunately, that's what we're doing most of this time is just winging it. Oh, yeah. We don't know what we're doing. No, not at all. But we're up to no. part H already. And we're talking about modifying or suspending the requirements for professional or occupational licensing or registration uh, by any blah, 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 if it prevents or necessary action dealing with the emergency. So what does this mean to you? This to me talks about uh, certification. Yes, exactly. All, all things certification. So if you have a certification coming up or if you have, if you're on that cycle, whatever it is, which all of us are, um, the requirements for this, for your licensing, your registration by any agency board, which would be our education state board uh, or commission, education commission, et cetera, whatever you want to call it, uh, you, you can, they can modify or suspend these requirements due to this time. So if you can't get all of your professional learning hours that are in your professional learning plan and because of the COVID-19 shutdown, closures, crisis, et cetera, okay, we can suspend those requirements for now. Yep. And I think, didn't we have a bill earlier this year that talked about 
uh, pe- people who had leaves of absence or something, some sick time in their last year that they would yes. be able to extend that. This is really just the same idea that, you know, circumstances beyond your control are preventing you from meeting all the requirements. So we'll just give you some extra time. Right. I think it's, I think it's pretty straightforward. Uh, we get into the next part, part I. This so is you the, know that? That was LD1858, if I'm not mistaken. Protecting teachers from certification. Nice job off the top of your head there. Signed on to March 10th, 2020. I have one of those uh, phonographic memories. Exactly. I'm glad you get the the needle sharpened every so often. <laughs> so, Oh, there's some jokes there that I'm just going to let go. <laughs> let's go to part I. Uh, this is my favorite part of this section. It's the Loan Guarantee Program Fund, establishing that. And then when you get to page 10, it talks about subchapter 14, the loan guarantee program definitions, how it's established, the eligibility of affected employees, the loan amount, credit worthiness. See, they lost me on credit worthiness because we have no credit on this pod. Oh, nor are we worthy. <laughs> nor are we worthy. So I kind of skipped the next few pages uh, because I don't understand a single word in that other than at the end where it says total yeah to pull pull back the curtain a little bit folks i also we also created a little notes page for this and um when i was putting up some notes for this i didn't even include this part because i went yeah no well i thought it actually when i was reviewing these notes i was like part h it goes all the way to l what's going on so i keep reading uh part j has talked about uh recycled and reusable bags which we all know now you can't bring into a store in fact, I was, I was at the grocery store earlier today and somebody tried to bring one in and he started fighting with the clerk who was counting the number of employees at the store. And she's like, you can't bring that in, sir. And he's like, well, yeah, I can. It's, it's reusable. And she's like, well, no, no, you, you can't come in. Well, I Lysoled it. Well, no, you can't come in. You either have to go bring it back to your car or you're going to throw it away before you get in the store. He's like, all right, I'll show you and threw it away and then went in. I was like, so wait, dude, I saw you get out of your car. You're like 20 feet away. What are you talking about? 20 feet away. It's a, it's a parking lot. It (laughs) It was great. Go get some extra steps in. It was really, uh, it's okay. If you get to like 10,200 steps, it's okay. (laughs) No, there's a limit. Then you just stop. Maybe that's (laughs) it. Maybe he's on a strict, a strict step diet. So let's, uh, let's just go to the next one. Part K and part L couldn't have been that much because they're on the same uh, page, page 15 of this bill. Uh, part K talks part about- K, not Part K. It, I, I, it's a little small on my screen here. By, I think it is Part K. We're sponsored uh, by the butter. I can't believe it's not butter. Is that the same thing? I'm not sure. No. This one- Part K, <laughs> this, butter. butter. This one talks about- uh, We're old. Uh, I don't really know. Physicians, healthcare facilities, reporting stuff. I skipped it because uh, it's not really with us. Uh, it's important, obviously, but it's just not for us. And Part L talks about facilitation of voting for the June 9th, 2020 elections. I'm pretty sure that one's gone already because didn't everything move to July 15th? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Well, that, so that's, and that Part L was already there. It was already existed in this law. Everything else was, this was new language that was being approved in because of the uh, COVID-19 crisis. Oh, that's right. 
that's th- right. So too. this is all part of this particular law. So all and all the new language that's been added in here, it all expires on or is repealed on January fifteenth, twenty twenty one. So everything that we just talked about has a shelf life until January fifteenth, twenty twenty one. Which at that point, go back and listen to this podcast and see just for memory's sake. Well, if you don't have a phonographic memory, then uh, you know you probably have to go listen back. Have to go back and listen to it. I would agree. Okay, so the phonographic memory, uh, that's definitely going in the show notes of this one. And uh, that just that just goes along with, with our semi knowledgeable misinformation. On brand, totally on brand, totally on brand. Well, Matt, this was what episode is this anyway? As we wrap this one up, Matt, this is episode ninety-nine, the Wayne Gretzky of episodes. Wow, the Warren Sapp of episodes, the I don't know a baseball one of episodes. Oh, ninety-nine, isn't that Aaron Judge? I don't know who that is. <laughs> I don't watch baseball. <laughs> wow, because I have a soul. I'm not sure what all this means right now. The uh, let's see. Uh, wait, let's see. As, you got as I put, as I don my Hartford Whalers cap. Ouch. Yeah, there you go. Go okay. whale. That's why you started with the Wayne Gretzky one, and not the Wayne, Warren Sapp hey, one. The, the the greatest. Okay. Uh, so anyway, we're at 99. Uh, I think if my math is correct, that means our next episode is episode 100. Folks. <laughs> If you've been with us from the beginning, you have made it to 100 episodes. Congratulations. That's, in, that's insane. That's insane. So for Not just for us, but for you listeners. I, I mean, we started this in August of 2018. And it is right now, the last day, as we're recording, the last day of April in 2020. 100 episodes in a year and a half. <laughs> Well, when you put it that way, <laughs> that's, I believe if I'm at this right, that's about one a week. I think that sounds about right. And we take summers off. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> that is true. So yeah, 100 episodes. Our next episode will be our 100th episode extravaganza. Yes. Um, so be sure to listen to that, folks. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Matters. Find out information, find our show notes, find our links to all these different uh, things we've talked about today, the, the LDs, the articles, et cetera, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Main Education Matters. Of course, if you just want the one-stop shopping, go to our website, maineducationmatters.weebly.com. Send us a note. Send us how you're doing. Let us know what's working out there. And if, and if you want to, say, hey, Matt, Matt, why 100? Why? What the hell's wrong with you? I'll be the first one to call in. (laughs) What is wrong with us? All right. With that, we will see you all next week. All right. Bye.